What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Truly do appreciate you guys making us part of your afternoon. Truly do value you. Thank you so very, very much. All right, in this hour, Diesel and I will reveal our college football playoff four. Now that we know what we know, where have we been wrong thus far this season? What four teams ultimately will make the college football playoff? Do I make a change? Is Texas still in? Do I think Texas gets back in over Oklahoma? Or do we not? That's at 540. We'll recap week seven of your high school football action with Cole Bryson. Joining us in the very, very next segment of the show. And right now, it's your time to shine. That's because it's the most interactive segment of the show. It is the segment that we call the Top 5 at 5. The Top 5 Biggest Sports Stories of the Day. The Top 5 Topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the Upstate, Offsiders. The Top 5 at 5 starts right now. And now, the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. Five. At number five, a must-win game for the Braves tonight. Braves fans, on the panic meter, where are we with this team right now? Be real. This is the team that most recently bounced you from the postseason. This is not a best-of-seven series. It should be. It's a best-of-five series. So they're already one-third of the way to eliminating you. Um, You already have to win a game in Philadelphia to bring it back to Atlanta for game five. And you are listed as a two-thirds chance to win tonight. 66.7% chance you win. I think if Philadelphia wins tonight, the season series is over. Season is over. I mean, if you could put that, like, what would a Braves loss tonight mean to you? Look, I don't like the best of three series. I don't like the best of five series. I don't think you should play for six months to be eliminated in three days. But it's the system that we have. Like, where would this rank? I mean, the Braves are a franchise that have had a lot of heartbreak, right? If they were to lose this series, where would that rank among the all-time heartbreaks in Atlanta Braves history. Zach Wheeler is going to try to bring you a ton of pain tonight. A ton of pain. He opposes Max Freed for Atlanta. Blanked Atlanta over the weekend. Just shocked to see that in Atlanta nonetheless. You know, um, what's the secret to them shutting down that offense? And how many runs do the Braves need to score tonight to win? I'll go four. Will they score four tonight? This is as must-win as must-win gets. You know, who's got a bigger must-win? Florida next Saturday against South Carolina. South Carolina next Saturday against Florida. Or the Braves tonight. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Next up. Four. The good, the bad, and the ugly on Clemson versus Wake Forest on Saturday. Um, The good, the defense showed out. No touchdowns allowed until very, very, very late in the game. 229 total yards for Wake Forest. 
made Wake Forest essentially look like a high school offense. Really limited them in, the, in terms of what they what they wanted to do. You got a Power 5 ACC win. That's always good, right? The bad was everything else. Um, it was the fact that Cade Klubnick, to me, looked like he regressed making mistakes that he shouldn't be making at this point in his development, at this point in the season, at the midway part part of the season. Shouldn't be making these mistakes anymore. He tends to make the quick read to the flat before allowing 9- and 10-yard routes to develop, right? Um, He's not getting great blocking, which might have him acting sooner than he wants to act. I don't know what it is about Clemson fans or Clemson media, but they won't say names of people they're being critical of. You know, so, like, what I keep hearing right now is, well, the running back room is not very fast. The running back room is not very explosive. Just say the name. Because if Will Shipley was fast and explosive, you wouldn't be saying that. Right? Say the name. Don't hide it. You know? What are are you hiding from? Will Shipley has not shown a propensity for greatness. Cade Klubnick right now looks a lot closer to DJU than he does to the medal stand of Clemson quarterbacks. DJ Uyunglele finished at Clemson with a quarterback rating of 128. Kate Klubnick right now has a quarterback rating of 130. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson were high 150s, low 160s. It's not great. Not great, folks. That, that offense right now seems to be in shambles. And the ugly for me. Shame on all the fans who left. What an embarrassing scene that was. I was there. I'm there, and I'm watching the fans just flood out, and I'm like, so you guys predetermined, you premeditated that you were leaving. You know, I'm speaking about this like a crime, right? Premeditated murder? Because it is a crime to leave your team when your team needs you. You know, you guys decided ahead of time that you were leaving towards the end of the third quarter, in between the third and the fourth quarter. And I don't know if everyone left because they were, you know, put off by what they saw? Did they leave just because that's what you do? That's part of your routine? Did you leave because Clemson's biggest goals are already off the table? But it's a one-score game, for crying out loud. Where did you have to go that's more important than where you are? To me, it's an indictment on you if you left so early. I don't know. On Saturday, we were there. Angela and I were there. I thought Clemson fans as a whole leveled down. The vibe felt like last year's South Carolina game all over again. Was it the players' fault for not giving the fans something to be excited about? Is it the fans' fault for not creating an atmosphere that the players want to play in? Yes, both. Neither team is of championship. Neither neither level of the program is championship level right now. The fan base is spoiled and entitled. The team is making elementary mistakes they should be beyond. But they did win, survive in advance, right? And uh, now next they get a Miami team off of a Clemson bye. You know, Miami gets Clemson off of this disaster against Georgia Tech. And after at North Carolina this week, that's advantage Clemson. Just wake up. Wake up, Clemson fans. You only get six to seven home games a year. 
You know, Death Valley is your favorite place, right? Death Valley is your very, very favorite place. So in a year in which you get six home games, I think you get seven this year, right? You're in Death Valley 24 hours a year. That's one day. That's your favorite place. Where do you got to go that's more important? You know, I was told people were leaving early to, to get to the bars faster. What, what a waste. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, you know? And frankly, the team, the fan base, uh, the, the, the team, the program, Dabo Sweeney, deserves better than that kind of behavior. Next up. Three. At number three today. How about the, we're calling it the crystal ball kerfuffle at the end of the Miami-Georgia Tech game. You see, there were about 30 seconds to go. Miami had the ball. Miami was winning the game. Georgia Tech had no timeouts. Miami was in Georgia Tech territory at the 25-yard line. How do you lose that game? Miami showed us. Uh, Instead of taking a knee that would have ended the game literally, okay, like Georgia Tech, no timeouts, 30 seconds to go, Miami did this. Here's Cheney. Straight ahead, tackled, and the ball popped out. You gotta, you gotta read the clock. I mean, you read the card. I mean, to and me, Georgia Tech has it with 26 seconds left. Kyle Kennard comes up with the fumble. You should not be running the football. I mean, it, it is. It, you should be taking a knee. As long as you milk it all the way down, you don't need to be doing this, and you certainly don't need to be fighting for extra yards. Singleton, the fastest of the receivers to the top of the screen. Here's King from the pocket. Flush to his right with six, five. Going to loop it downfield. And ball is caught. Touchdown, Georgia Tech. There you go. Uh, How do you explain that? You know, the question I've asked you guys today is, is that by itself a fireable offense for Mario Cristobal? By itself. You know, you have to do something really bad to be fired on a one-off, right? You can be fired for a for an accumulation of misdemeanors at your job. You show up late for this. You didn't have this paperwork in on time. You do about five to ten of those, you can lose your job, right? But if an offense has to be really bad for you to lose your job on a one-off. And the crazy thing is, folks, this is just what Mario Cristobal does, you know? Mario Cristobal is known for not taking knees. He did the same thing at Oregon against Stanford. Stanford got the ball back when Oregon wouldn't run out the clock. Doesn't take a knee. Why? Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. What do you guys say? I think, it. I think yes, it is a fireable offense, but no, I would not fire him. But that is, I lost some faith. I lost some belief in, uh, in Mario Cristobal after that one. How could you not? And that just became a more winnable game for Clemson as a result of that. Next up. Two. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you about my Carolina Panthers experience yesterday. I turn on the TV. All right. They're losing 21-7 in the second quarter. It's already not going well. First thing I see, first play, Bryce Young throws a pick, a bad pick, one where he didn't see the defensive back that he should have seen dropping into zone coverage. The play thereafter... Detroit runs a little trickeration for a touchdown pass. I saw exactly two plays. 
My television was on for less than 60 seconds. And I turned it right back off. We went to the rodeo in Tryon yesterday. Then we went to Mountain Brook Vineyard, which is gorgeous. It is gorgeous, my friends. And not just because my wife was there. Um, it was a beautiful scene, and we, you know, we made something productive of our day. Because that sure as hell wasn't going to be watching the Carolina Panthers. Folks, the reality is this team is not ready to win. They're not ready to win anything. Diesel thinks they should be starting Andy Dalton. I'm not going to go that far. But they have no weapons. They have no defense. You can't judge the quarterback at all right now, but we shouldn't just focus on the good things. It's a joke. Yes, Diesel. Instead of watching the game yesterday, I took my dog to Home Depot to get some socialization. He's a puppy. He needs it. Three months old. And then I took a nap. Took a nap. You refreshed. You sure as hell weren't going to do that watching that team. I didn't sleep a damn bit the night before. We made the mistake of letting our dog play with another dog, get wiped out, tired, let him sleep all afternoon. There you go. And then he was a flipping nightmare all Saturday night. Never again. We will wake his little ass up. So we needed we needed to sleep. And I sure as hell was not going to watch the Carolina Panthers game. Why would you? <laughs> Why would you, man? Um, guys, it is what it is. You know, they 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 really miscalculated. You know, um, the putting a rookie quarterback behind no offensive line and no weapons, and suddenly the defense doesn't look good either. Um, they're they're pressing reset and they're starting again. And you got to accept the fact that this might be at least a three-year rebuild at this point. If you are a Carolina Panthers fan. And finally, one. What do you say we close on a on a positive, shall we? Trevor Lawrence for the next member of the royal family. All Jacksonville did the last two weeks was go across the pond and win not one but two. They Now, they should have beaten Atlanta. They had no business beating Buffalo. And yet that's precisely and exactly what they did. And now, let's, you know, as you know, Jacksonville, the Jaguars are Clemson South. How about Travis Etienne yesterday, man? Etienne gaining the edge, and he walks it in. Touchdown. By the way, you'll be able to hear Jacksonville and Indianapolis coming up this weekend right here on the fan upstate. Jacksonville suddenly found it, man. They found their groove. They found their switch. Trevor Lawrence for a member of the Royal Family. Not only did he hit that six-yarder, he also hit a 35-yard touchdown run uh, also in the fourth quarter. Let's hear that one. Here's Etienne up the middle. Etienne is free. Etienne. Touchdown. 35 yards. It's that kind of explosiveness, Diesel, that Clemson fans are not seeing in their current in their current backfield. That's exactly what's missing. The brilliance. The magician-like qualities of one Travis Etienne. And those are today's top five at five. Now it's your chance to chime in. We're also taking your biggest weekend takeaways. What are yours? Braves tonight against the Phillies. Do they get it done? You know, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I I think a Braves loss 
means like over a 90% chance they lose the series. A Braves win, they still might be under 50-50 to win the series, right? Because you got two in Philadelphia, raucous crowd. You got to find a way to get one. If it goes back to Atlanta for a game five, I like Atlanta about 80% chance to win, okay? But you got to win two out of the next three, and that starts tonight, man. I know we're about to jump off uh, of here and go grab uh, Cole Bryce and bring him on for the next segment, but I do want to invite Rich in Chicago to call back in. Uh, he called in during the last commercial break, and my fat fingers hit the wrong button. <laughs> Sorry about that, The Rich. problem is, from where I'm sitting, we've got a light shining right on the phone. The whole thing looks shiny. I can't read any of the words printed on the phone. And the two buttons, the hold button and the drop button, are side by side, and they look stupidly similar. That's a problem. They both have... Uh, a white rectangle in the middle of the button. Who the hell decided to do that? Who designed this phone? I need answers. <laughs> Telos. Yeah, thanks, at Telos. Thanks, thanks for the call, Rich. We do appreciate you, buddy. All right, up next, get your questions in via the madworldattractions.com text line because we've got the host of the Saturday Scramble, Cole Bryson, joining us next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Great to be with you guys here on a uh, Monday edition of the show. What a weekend it was in, uh, in high school football here in the upstate. Here to get your questions, your thoughts, your feedback. If you have questions for us, for Cole Bryson on high school football, Now's your chance to get them in. 71307 on the madworldattractions.com text line is where you can reach us to start your text with the word fan and away you go. What do you want to know about the high school football weekend that was? How about it? Gaffney over Spartanburg. Big, bigly. And as promised, Cole Bryson sent me. I got I to tell you something, guys. I can't figure out. What fan base is worse right now in the upstate? Is it Spartanburg's home high school crowd or is it Clemson fans? Because, I, you know, like neither one of you gave your teams the lift that they needed from you on Saturday. It's not, oh, no, the team didn't give you anything to be excited about. You're supposed to lift up the team. That's the chicken that, becomes, that comes before the chicken and the egg. Dan Mullen said it best. It's not we win and then you fill the stadium. It's you fill the stadium, then we win. What was going on in Spartanburg with that crowd? Cole Bryson joins us right now on the line. Uh, Gaffney really opened a can, exerted dominance, Cole, and uh, really has a stranglehold now on their region. What was your takeaway from that one? Mark, always a pleasure being on with you guys. Yeah, that was probably the most um... – that was probably the biggest takeaway, if you will. The, the way, not necessarily the score mark, but the way that Gaffney's offense just sliced right through the Spartanburg defense. And, again, I said this on Saturday morning. Uh, just remember, two things can still be true. While Spartanburg is a, is a really good defensive unit, um, Gaffney's offense was really incredible on Friday night. Over 460 yards of total offense. So, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest takeaway mark, just how easy it looked uh, for that Gaffney offense on Friday. Yeah, that was most certainly the case. Uh, we also uh, got to have a chance to speak Wednesday to our player of the week, Jaden McDaniel. Uh, Jaden McDowell, rather. 
Tell us about uh, him and what you what you like that you saw there. Yeah, he's a sophomore running back, Mark. That you know, we came into the season, we knew he was going to be good, but uh, he, he had over half of the total offense from Gaffney on Friday um, at Spartanburg. He is electric, just a sophomore, like I said. He, he's big, Mark. He's physical, and you know, obviously, if you saw the highlights, he's hard to catch um, as well. He he dominated on Friday. He was. Uh, probably the biggest reason for Gaffney's success and has been all year. And, and you know what? When your quarterback can uh, hand it off to him, uh, you know, in all levels of football, how much easier it makes the quarterback's job when you have a running game that's as strong as Gaffney's is. And what Jaden McDowell is able to do, man, it's it's next level. And uh, you, everybody talks about winning uh, state championships and having a defense that can get you there. But having a running game like that, that's, that's a recipe for success week in and week out. Cole Bryson. Uh, joining us here, host of the Saturday Scramble, right here on Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, the fan upstate. Uh, oh, boy. Boiling Springs now falls to 0-2 in region play and three and three to four plays away from being 2-0 and in the best region mm-hmm. in the state. So uh, tell us what's going on there. We know last week they they fell to, uh, fell to Dorman. That was a bit of a surprise at that point. Right. Though. It was, and you know, I hate to sound like Dabo, Mark, but Bowling Springs is really just a few plays away from being 2-0 in the region. And, again, you said it, it's the best region in the state, and uh, for them to have a chance to be 2-0, it shows what kind of progress they've made, right, from what they were two years ago. But I I think it's a team that's still trying to figure out how to win, still trying to get over that hump. And uh, new coach, you know, Matt Real in the second year, I think it takes time to get back over that hump, you know. Uh, It doesn't happen overnight. And uh, obviously those, those fans uh, and that team and, and that school wants to win. Uh, but, you know, when you play against these, qu- these kind of opponents of this quality, Mark, in Region 2, 5A, you have to be able to close uh, opponents out. And, you know, they've shown that they're good enough to hang with them, uh, but closing them out and getting that win is just something they haven't been able to do. And it only gets tougher for Bowling Springs because they have Gaffney on Friday. So, you know, it shows that they're for real. They're, they're, they're at least being competitive now, Mark. They're not getting blown out uh, like they used to be. They're not the homecoming game, you know, anymore. They're going to they're gonna play hard. They had a big win earlier over a really good Chapman team, so they've shown they can do it. It's just that in 5A, they have yet to figure out how to close the deal. And uh, they're close, Mark. They're really close. Who would you favor? Who's the favorite to win Region 2 5A right now? Well, Dorman's 1-0, but Dorman, the, their next three games are uh, – Burns, Gaffney, and Spartanburg. So that 1-0 region record, in my opinion, will quickly turn to 1-3. Uh, so right now, Mark, in my opinion, it's going to come down to that final game. As I said all year long, uh, the final game between Burns and Gaffney, uh, that game's at Gaffney this year. I think that final game of the uh, for, of the region slate will determine the region winner. Uh, Burns has shown a little bit of vulnerability this season. And, and, you know, Gaffney's had a brutal non-region schedule, and I think that proved to be uh, helpful on Friday against a really good Spartanburg defense, Mark. I, I'd give the nod right now to Gaffney, but all things are leaning toward that last game being the, the, the region championship at Gaffney, which will be a pretty electric environment if that's, if that's the case. Cole, I know you do your, uh, your, your Saturday Scrambles show live on location at Ingalls Markets all over the upstate. Um, what is the most delectable item they've got there at your Ingalls Market that you have to get a hold of every single time you're there? Well, for me, I'm there at 7.30, so it's the coffee, right? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, they have, uh, you know, the, the Saturday crowd there, Diesel, is insane. Um, I didn't realize, I've never sat there 
on a Saturday. Uh, Mark obviously has experienced this as well, but uh, I never sat there on a Saturday morning for two, two and a half hours before and watched the rush. But, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's the trace. I mean, it, you know, you got to get that tailgate going on Saturday morning, and, and you know we love our sponsor Ingles, and they do a they do a phenomenal job. Yes, uh, each and every Saturday. Man, they uh, they most certainly do. A question coming in on the MadWorldAttractions.com text line, Cole. Ask Cole if Burns will have any players left after that injury riddled game yeah. Friday night. It's a good question. You know, the worst part is Mark. They were already really beat up coming into that game, and then that's a great point from the texter. They got even more beat up. Um, Ethan Morris, who was probably the player of the game for Burns Friday, he got banged up. They already had, you know, several key starters banged up. So, it, you know, for Burns, they've got to get healthy. There's no doubt about it. They're they're battling a lot of injuries right now. I talked to Reggie Shaw last week, and he told me they're they're injury plagued uh, this season. They have a lot of guys beat up. So that's uh, listen, that's a good point because you know, obviously the better team wins, Mark. But you, you also have to be healthy. You know, even if that regular season game does come down to the uh, the final game for the region, the healthier team obviously would have the nod too. You know, uh, Cole, I think we've seen this at every level, and we had uh, we had a, a segment that we did both on locally here and on CBS Sports Radio about my my feeling that the quarterback play itself has improved by leaps and bounds, and that the difference that you're seeing in quarterback rating today, the top six highest rated quarterbacks of all time are playing right now, okay, in the NFL. It's it's not just because the rule changed, the rules changed. It's also because the the position itself is playing at a much higher level. And I invite you to go back and watch some old games to see that. That said, Cole, you know, we've seen it at all levels, right? Deshaun Watson went 22 of 25 as an eighth grader against the varsity at, at his at his would be high school and specialized coaching, specialized training has just really changed the game. So with that, with that being the case, Cole, when I was in high school, uh, I'd say my high schools, the Lakeland Dreadnoughts, the George Jenkins Eagles, um, they threw the ball about 25% of the time, ran it 75% of the time. Is this now evolving, Cole, to a point where the best high schools really do have a 50-50 split? I, th- I think so, Mark. And, it, you know, that's an interesting point. And if you look at the, the teams, especially in 5A over the last few years, who have been able to, to win the state championship, I think your your point is 100% valid because they have uh, they've definitely had the quarterback, but at the same time they've had running backs. I mean, uh, Dutch Fork isn't winning those championships as of late without Jarvis Green, who was the best running back in the state for a long time, right? Burns, when they were in their heyday, they had a pretty good running back, you know, that most people know around here and, and Lattimore. So, yeah, I mean, it has changed a lot at the quarterback position, but you still got to be able to tote the rock. And, and uh, teams that, like I said earlier, teams that can do that and uh, control the time of possession, I think that, you, you know, I know it's simple, but, you know, it is it is a balanced uh, – all, all coaches you talk to, if you interview them, especially at the high school level, they want to be balanced. No coach will go out there and tell you, hey, we want to throw it 70% of the time. I mean, every coach I've ever talked to says – we, we've got to be balanced. We've got to be balanced. And, and you know, that's the goal. And, uh, you know, some some teams are privileged to have those stud backs like Daphne has this year. And I think that's where you see the success and teams that do have that, you know, advantage not only to, to have a, a quarterback throw it and sling it around, but also hand it off. And, you know, I think back to Friday night for Gaffney, it was a fourth and six, uh, fourth and six, I believe. And uh, late in the game, they had to seal it. And most teams on fourth and six are probably going to get some kind of short pass, whether it be a slant or something quick out of the quarterback's hands, well, Gaffney just hands it off to McDowell, and he gets six yards easy. So, 
yeah, no doubt the quarterback just has changed. But you, as you said, you've still got to be able to have that you know stud running back or a, a solid running game at best. What are you most looking forward to this week, Cole? What do we have coming up? I would probably say Hillcrest versus Hannah Mark. That's uh, that is probably going to be for the region uh, in 5A for Region 1, and, and that's going to be a good one. Both teams have had really good years. Hillcrest is undefeated. Hannah has one loss. And, uh, you know, it, it, we, me and you talked about it before on this segment. Can Hillcrest in one week prepare for that option-style offense that Hannah does? Um, it's tough to prepare for in a week, especially at the high school level. You know, it's, the, the coaching's not what you have at the college level, and uh, it's tough to prepare for. So that game Friday, Mark, should be the best one around. Um, in terms of, you know, quality competition, seeing a lot of potential D1 players on the field as well. All right, Cole, it is time for, we love it each week, the Cole Bryson Top 10. And uh, rumor has it, it's going to look a lot like last week's Top 10, which means we're kind of right on point to where we need to be. So why don't we reset for everybody listening right now, uh, the Top 10 teams in the Upstate. Yeah, Mark, you're right. No change at all, and I guess that is a good thing, right, because those teams are doing their job, as you said. So Southside Christian, who um, they're kind of at the top of their region right now, all signs point to that Southside Christian Christ Church game being for the region championship at the end of the year. I have them at 10. Uh, at 10. I have Westside at 9. They're at the top of their region. I have Broome and Abbeville tied at 8. Gaffney at 7. Hannah at 6. BHP and 3A at 5. Uh, I have Burns at four, Chapman at three, Hillcrest at two, and Daniel at one. The exact top ten is the week before uh, for my new upstate top ten. Yeah, and uh, a really, really interesting one. So what happens, Cole, if Daniel played Burns on a neutral field? It'd be a great game. <laughs> It'd be a great game. And, and you know what? The, both of those teams are well coached. Uh, they're well coached, and they both have a lot of talent. And uh, you know what? I, I think that it could be a game where whoever has the ball last mark um, you know, could win it because, you know, 3A, 5A, we've already seen this year, 4A, 2A, 3A versus 4A. You know, the classification, it doesn't matter. So I think it'd be a fantastic uh, football game. Now you've got Burns at number four. You've got Gaffney at number seven. That's the game that's going to shut down the upstate. Right. If you yep. are setting a – where is that game played this year, Cole? It is at Gaffney this year. At Gaffney. If you were setting a betting line for that game, well, you already told me that a home field is nothing. Maybe not the That's case right. at Gaffney. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Maybe no, no, no. You're right, but it is at Gaffney. Okay. What's the line burns at Gaffney? If you're if you're setting a Vegas line for that game, what do they say in college? It's worth three points. Is that right, Mark? Yeah. Or, yeah. or somewhere close to that? I'd probably go. I'd probably go right at three and a half, maybe four points in favor of Gaffney. Real real close, but they, there is definitely a home field advantage over there at the reservation. No doubt about it. So you'd have Gaffney minus three and a half over four to four over Burns right now. I would. I would. Really? Absolutely. Yep. How about Absolutely. that? How about that? Really, really. We're going to see it, though. We're going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find out, and we can't. We cannot wait to see that, man. It's been a heck of a season. Cole, it's great to have you back uh, in the Upstate. Can you tell us a little bit about GSP Security? Yeah, man. It's a new business venture of mine. I absolutely appreciate the time uh, giving the plug in. Uh, whether it be commercial or residential, we have you covered. Uh, security, access control, fire systems, uh, video surveillance. We can uh, we can make sure that you have uh, the top-notch uh, quality surveillance and security you need. You know, a lot of businesses have card readers uh, where you can enter a enter a code or swipe a badge to get in. We do that, and uh, feel free to reach out at callgsp.com if you have any questions. There you go. His name is Cole Bryson, my friends, and he does a fantastic job hosting. 
the Saturday scramble, as well as our uh, high school coverage during the week. Cole, we look forward to our uh, great athlete of the week this week on Wednesday yeah, and having you back again on Friday, okay? Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. You got it. All right. Cole Bryson joining us right now uh, on the Fan Upstate. And uh, really interesting season unfolding right now in uh, in high school football, man. Really, it's I, I'm more into it now than I have been, uh, you know, it, since I've been here. Like, I, I feel like I know what it means. I know the area, et cetera. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, Spur Daddy texts into the show. He says, man, they had players dropping like flies, Burns did. I couldn't believe what was happening. Uh, Texter says, um, uh, hey, guys, I decided to take on a project developing a completely objectionable ranking system for all 133 FBS football teams. Plan to have it finished this week. So says Joey. Interesting, Joey. Very, very interesting. You know, we have on uh, Kelly Ford who does that each and every week. Does it each and every week. All we right. also invite you to ask questions of Kelly Ford. So if you want to pick his brain a little bit, yep. maybe use some of his methodology for your system, then you got to ask those questions. Braves fans, very quiet today. Very quiet today on offsides. Is that a sign of your nerves? One Braves fan says the panic meter is at a nine. Another says the panic meter is at a seven. If you're a Braves fan, what is your panic meter? Do we agree? That you win tonight or it's all she wrote. All right. When we come back, Diesel and I are going to hit you with our college football playoff four. What four teams ultimately will play in the college football playoff this year. That's next. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the fan upstate. All right, my friends, please get your crazy fingers ready because we're asking you right now, what four teams are ultimately going to make the college football playoff? All right? Not your top four today, okay? What four teams are ultimately going to be in that bad boy? And if you would be so kind, if you are hearing this right now and you can do so safely, text it in on the madworldattractions.com text line 71307. Just start your text with the word fan, and away you go on the show. Diesel, I will go first, and there has been a change in my playoff four, but it is not the change that you would think. Here are my playoff four. Number one, Michigan, the best team in America. Are you seeing these Michigan scores? No one's talking about them because they're boring, because the games are over before they start. Okay, I think you're going to see this as the season wears, along, wears, wears on. Michigan is just a cut above certainly anyone they're going to play before the national championship game, perhaps against Georgia. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Number two, the Georgia Bulldogs. We learned this weekend that Georgia hasn't gone anywhere. They're just flipping a switch. They're toying with us. They're playing with our emotions. You think you have a chance to beat them. You don't. As soon as they had a game to get up for, what you got was 51-13. to They're playing chess. We're playing checkers. That's how it is. My number three team, I've got Washington moving up to number three. Washington hosts Oregon this weekend. The Josh Pate once upon a Saturday tour is going to be at that game in the Pacific Northwest. I like Washington to win that one. Why? It's at home. 
Home field in, in the Pac-12 matters more than home field anywhere else. And then my fourth team to make the CFP, and here's my surprise, Diesel, Texas. Texas, because there's an 86% chance that those two teams, Oklahoma and Texas, are going to have a rematch in the Big 12 championship game. I would take Texas in the rematch of that Big 12 championship game. They would have a loss potentially at that point. Um, But if you said to me tomorrow, okay, Oklahoma and Texas play again. Now Texas has the revenge factor. They blew a lot of opportunities in that game that would have won the game for them, and the defense let them down right at the end. I'd take Texas to win that game if it was played again. So I got Michigan 1, Georgia 2, Washington 3, and Texas 4. Those are my playoff four. Diesel, what do you got? Yeah, I've got Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Florida State as my top four. I think Florida State may sort of just stumble in there by default, kind of the way that Clemson has stumbled into the into the um, the, the playoff the last couple of years by default out of the ACC. Um, North Carolina is going to stumble and lose a game. I don't know who it's going to be to. I don't think North Carolina is as complete as they have looked and as as far as their record shows. Oklahoma, I, I really impressed me. I didn't get to watch all of that game, but I watched about a half of that game and. Uh, uh, Oklahoma seems just seems seems to be like a really resilient football team with the ability to capitalize. And if you can capitalize on turnovers, if you can capitalize on bad play, then you get to do it week in and week out. So I see Oklahoma, uh, even if they play Texas again, I could see Oklahoma winning that game again. So uh, I'd put them number three in my playoff four. There you go. Number three in the playoff four. So says Diesel. Those are our... Playoff four right now, Diesel's got Florida State and Oklahoma. I have Washington and Texas. Who is more apt to be right? Who is more likely to be right? Uh, John Dog texts into the show, and he says, Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Oklahoma are the four. You guys realize Texas is probably going to get a rematch with Oklahoma, right? Right? Uh, Spur Daddy says, my panic meter as a Braves fan right now is a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, let's see here. Spur Daddy also says his playoff four, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Penn State. We will see. Penn State's got Ohio State this weekend. This is a massive weekend. I would put Penn State at number five in my list. I've had them as my number four for the longest time. Uh, so I mean, anything, anything could still happen there, but Penn state's got to play Michigan and then they, you know, they would have to play somebody again. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Penn, Penn state doesn't get Ohio state this coming weekend. It's the weekend after this one, biggest game this week, the top 10 matchup featuring Oregon at Washington seven versus eight. Let's get to rich in Chicago who has been hanging patiently rich. Good to hear from you, bud. How are you? Hey, Mark, this is the week for you. You got the Gamecocks and the Gators. I don't feel good about it. I I would feel much differently if it was at the Swamp, Rich. Not really. I'm going to give you some intel that will make you feel better. Okay. Because you're a data guy like I am. Let me start with this. When you talk about home field, you're right about Florida. When you look at, and, and this is done by an analytical company that's all over the Internet called called Team Rankings. And they do all the data analysis, and they rank the home field advantage for every D1 school. Okay. Florida is ranked third. Can you send that to me? Can you email that to me? 
Yeah, well, they're ranked third. Now, you ready for this? Yeah. Just take a wild guess. Where do you think Carolina's ranked? Well, yeah, but I, I don't – isn't that just subjective? Carolina's ranking is outstanding. No, it's not subjective. It's tied to how well they play at home, not not how loud the crowd is, but do they really have a home field advantage when they play at home versus on the road? It's all analytics. I'll send it to you, but, but just so you know, I'll tell you because no one's going to get this. They're ranked 88th out of 132 teams. See, I just I don't buy that. They're much better at home than they are on the road. They're much better. Well, you know, you know, I don't think the data lies. You know, this it it sounds crazy, and I know that because that was my first reaction to that. The Florida number didn't didn't surprise me, but I thought Carolina would be higher ranked than that. So I'm not really concerned, even though Florida's not playing in Gainesville. Uh, if that number holds true, or even close to being true, Carolina doesn't really have that home field advantage that most people. My suspect. But here's a couple other things. South Carolina total defense by the same analysis, same company, is ranked 122nd. Yeah, but but, but but yeah, but okay, but but the the reality is Florida doesn't play well away from home. In any case, uh, Rich, we got We got to run, buddy. We got to let you go. I do appreciate the call as always. Please send that to me. And uh, also, Rich, a uh, little programming reminder: I'll be on uh, CBS. So hope to hear from you there. This coming Saturday from 5 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, I think the first couple hours of that show will be heard right here on the Fan Upstate. And if you want to listen to the entirety of that show, here's what we're going to do on uh, Saturday. At 7 p.m., we're going to carry Miami against North Carolina. So you can either listen to that on the Fan Upstate and flip over to, or flip over to me on the Odyssey app. There you go. Sound good? Back after this with a 6 o'clock hour here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate.